0: Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Christian Life Center. We're so glad that you're joining us today. This is what we call Overtime. Overtime is our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive into the weekend message. So we wrapped up our better series of week 15 yeah, yeah, this past week. I did. I, somewhere between Tuesday of last week and Tuesday of this week, I started saying it by the wrong way. Sixteen would have been nice too, but yeah. yeah. So so we wrapped up fifteen weeks of the Better Series. Uh, We're pretty excited. We're going to start a brand new series. Maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we won't. Um, Before we jump into kind of our deeper dialogue, and we do have a couple questions that we want to get to this week. I want to let you know a couple different things. So as we are recording this, it is September fourteenth on September 15th, we are relaunching Cow. We kind of did an unofficial relaunch last week, the 8th, but because yeah. of some weather. So Greg we Rumsey tells
1: me he listens to this every Wednesday morning, okay. why he's doing his dishes. Oh. So Greg, for you, this that morning, means today. this evening yeah. you're coming. So, yeah. I got confused. I said yeah. this morning, but yeah, now that, yeah, that would yeah, gotta, be tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So, yep, so
0: on the 15th of September, we are relaunching classes mm-hmm. at Cow. We'll have the meal like normal. We will have Classes for kids, classes for teens, classes for adults. There's like six different options, I think, for adults. Um, so there is a ton of different things that are happening. We would love for you to be a part of that if you're interested in being a part of that. If you want to come for the meal, that starts at 530. Yeah. Um, and then at 630 My is My beautiful the wife start. is cooking that. She is. Some Do you other know other what it is? I have I don't no even, idea. I, I knew sorry. what the first week was, and then yeah. I forgot to look. Yeah, so... Sorry. Something I'm, good. It's gonna be good. Yes, guarantees to be something good. So if you want to be a part of that, we would love to have you out for that. And then the other thing that I'll just let you know, real quick, kind of as a first look, uh, is on September twenty fourth is our last scheduled fourth Friday flicks. So that means on September 4th we'll do a double showing once again at 5.30 we're going to be watching the movie The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Maybe heard really it, good huh. things on Netflix. Is it it's, new or older? It just came out like 2021. But it's on Netflix okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. From the creators of uh, uh, Spider-Man the Universe? Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what the multiverse Spider-verse. Or, yeah, Spider-verse, yeah. or Spider-Verse whatever it is. Um, looks really clever so I've heard really great things from a bunch of different people so we're going to be checking that one out at 5.30 and then at 7.30 30. we're going to be watching the new movie, Cruella. So we're pretty excited for that. If you want to come out again, that first one. Hey, look, I'm throwing things. Uh, that first one is at five thirty, Mitchell's versus the Machines. It's rated PG, yeah. kind of family-friendly, animated. And then the other one is real-life version, rated PG thirteen, so that might change who you some want violence. To have and there. you'll see evil yeah. in it.
1: Really good to have yeah. discussions with your family if you're up for it. Yeah, them, the role of evil and the brokenness of the world and the yeah. need for a savior. There's some good things you can have the conversation there about. There is some really I'm cool that. So, discussions yeah.
0: yep. that come from that. So. That is kind of the two things that were announced. So September 15th, Cal relaunch, classes are starting, we're excited. And then on September 24th, we've got our fourth Friday flicks. We would love for you to be a part of any of those. So that's kind of all the announcements that we've got. Uh, Do you want to uh, go ahead and give us a recap as Christian tells us he's excited for Cal?
1: Well, that's why I'm here to give a recap. So, yes, I'd like to. And this is episode um, 99. Yeah, so you know what's so crazy is I got one more next week. I know. You'll be so here I'll through So will finish 100. up to 100. Yeah. And so sad and exciting all at the same time. So we talked a little bit about that uh, this Sunday. But really, it's the final, final decision that's time to make. And it's time for each of us, particularly those who are Christians, to make the decision to finally just be all in yeah. and obedient to God. So we talked about um, making this, the, the two choices that were kind of in front of us and our next step with Jesus is to choose obedience, hear from him, do what he says, versus disobedience. And so one of the ways that I described obedience is it's full, complete, immediate, right? Uh, And disobedience is both partial obedience, still disobedience, you know. I delayed obedience, still disobedience, what we saw in this passage was kind of the And the um, urgency of the choice, as Jesus calls it, to go down the narrow path. And so the narrow path is him. He's inviting you into that life, into the kingdom of heaven, only through him. And the only way to get there is through obedience. And so I double-dog dared you on Sunday. Well, double down on my double-dog dare today. It's time to choose obedience. And here's the neat thing about obedience, typically in the scriptures and in my own life, our lives, what you see is what typically follows obedience, almost like really kind of together, tethered together, is God's omnipotence. Mm-hmm. So where you see God do the greatest, most miraculous things is when you take that obedient step towards Him, in Him, even when all the details haven't worked out. Because what you say, we say, well I'll follow God once all the details work out. And that's like that's not how it typically works in the gospel. You move and then you see the move that Mm -hmm. God has been up to all along. So the invitation was to follow him obediently and he gave us a stark contrast to what happens when you follow him obediently and what happens if you decide to take the wrong path. And it is, as Jesus calls it, a place of eternal weeping and gnashing of teeth. Don't want that for you. Love you and what's best for you and you get to choose life. And the only way to choose life in this is to choose Jesus and obediently follow him. So we'll look at what Jesus had to say about that. Again tonight.
0: Yeah, so we were in Luke chapter thirteen, verses twenty-two through thirty-five, uh-huh. and in that, um, you kind of shared some of the reason of why you feel like God is calling yeah. you to Florida. So I don't know if we want to kind of dive into the text or. Yeah, we can start there. So. Yeah, so because the text kind of brings out why <laughs> we're talking about obedience versus disobedience. Yeah, like so
1: like I, I spent some time on the front end, kind of help us right. understand because. Really, we do understand delayed obedience with their yeah. kids. It's just disobedience. Yeah. Partial obedience is really just disobedience. Right. Right. And so I think all of us try to find some ways to do that. Like I even remember when I, between my junior and senior year, I heard, Not audibly, but in my spirit, God tell me he wanted my future. I talk about it so confidently now. I didn't know that then, but I thought that was the case. and I heard my future, and yet I went a completely different path. In fact, I go off to college, play basketball, and then decide that I want to be special. And so I kept telling God that I would still follow him, but what I would do is I would go... I took the LSAT, I was planning on going to law school. I was going to go to law school, and then I was going to be a politician. And I was going to be famous as a politician. But don't worry, I'd give God shout-outs, right? Yeah. So, in my mind, <laughs> he wants my... Yeah, 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 exactly I right. Yeah, so I, he wanted in my full obedience. Yeah. So, when I go, is, here's a partial little toe dipped in the water. And so, it's kind of my journey, and even wondering about the last year and a half, hey, God, do you want me to be a pastor? Yeah, you do. Okay, where, what, in what context? and love it here, love the people here, love the fruitful ministry here. And yet it has felt like, and we'll talk more specifically about that call as we work through it, yeah. but it's felt like God has been, communicated to us to leave. And so one of the things I said, uh, it's kind of a common statement that we said at Harvest Church came from the pastor there. We are not responsible, I came from in Billing Montana. We're not responsible for the pain our obedience to God causes other people. Yeah, We're not responsible, you're not responsible for the pain your obedience to God causes other people. Our job is to hear from Him and do what He says. And there sometimes is some pain in that. Hence, some of you, if not most of you, are sad and feeling a little uh, uh, pain by my departure. And particularly what may feel like just kind of abruptness of it. You know, a couple weeks back, I said, hey, I'm going to Florida. A couple weeks from now, I'll be in Florida three weeks from now or two weeks, whatever that is. And so, just really wanted to explain, look, I'm just... Seriously, there's three things in this: calling, family, and obedience. But the highest level, is I feel like this is what God is communicating to our family. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that I would walk in that. And if it's a, if God's calling me to this, I don't know if it's just for me. I know it's for my family. I know it's for the church on there. But I, I gotta assume God wants to do something really great here yeah. that wasn't meant for me. And so I told my dad, and I talked about him a little bit in the sermon. And yeah. uh, they have COVID. I, I, I hope they're doing okay. I haven't talked to them this morning. I talked to them last night. I'll follow up with them in a while. But um, I called him on Sunday afternoon. And then uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, I watched the sermon. I was like, oh, sorry. I talked to about you a whole bunch. And, and then I was like, you know, the funny thing is I basically blamed you and God for my move. So I basically said to the church, you can't be mad at me. Be mad at God and my dad, right? So why not? But anyway. his dad
0: really is a great guy. Yeah. So you, if you're yeah. watching from the Christian Life Center, don't hate him. Yeah, right. <laughs> so don't do that.
1: So it's not his fault. Anyway, but anyway, so it is that. Look, the, at the highest level, yeah. like distilled down to the simplest terms, we are moving to follow. Uh, we're moving yeah. to Florida because God has called us to, and we feel like we have to be obedient to that. Yeah, and we believe we'll see God's work. As and a result of it, we yeah. do have a question yeah. that goes
0: towards obedience. But I think even before we get to that question, want to jump into the text because yeah. as we start yeah, getting into the text. So again, uh, Luke chapter thirteen, verse twenty-two. It says this. The the heading at least on this is the narrow door, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 says this, he went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. So Jesus is on kind of this. He set his eyes there and
1: that is the mission. He's walking towards there. He's going to defeat religion and government persecution. He's the two big institutions that we still hold dear and create the most arguments in our life. He is heading to the central point of those to destroy them. So pretty interesting.
0: So verse 23 says, and someone said to him, Lord... Will those uh, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, "Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able." Um, and then yeah. uh, I think I'm going to just continue through what Jesus says, and then we'll we'll break okay. it down and listen. To you you want to interrupt? Yeah. Jump jump in. That says, uh, "Will seek to enter and will not be able." Uh, when the master of the house has risen, shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, "Lord, open to us." end people will come from east and west from north and south and recline at the table in the kingdom of god and behold some of the last who will be first and some of the first who will be last
1: yeah so what you see in this passage is a couple of things one is just the urgency yeah. right there is this understanding that at some point he shuts the door yeah and that's so mean of him Why well, he shut the door well actually why would he ever open it yeah. you know like the fact yeah. that he's opened it is just amazing to me the fact that he's invited us into his house i mean at some point it's it's so disrespectful to keep being invited into some place go no thank you no thank you no thank you yeah. and then the door shuts go oh, get okay, now I went in it's like Man, it's just our human nature to want what we can't have. Right. But the things that I, this is, what's so messed up is that Jesus is really clear and he invites us into something and we just always think that we can kick the can down the road and do yeah. that later. And that's what I did. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll start getting back into church when I was in college. Once I go off to college, right? When mm-hmm. I was in high school. Okay. I got it. Okay. Once I, you know, I have a relationship, then I'll do that. Okay. Once I get married and get all that mm-hmm. situated, then we'll get plugged into church. Oh goodness. My marriage is a mess. Oh, I guess I'll go and do this now. Like it was just always this reactionary thing and yeah. always is delayed obedience and so uh, a lot of times people go well I don't I don't know what to do and I'm like I uh, really think about this think about this and go you do know what to do yeah right you do like if you pause long enough you the spirit will reveal to you that he wants you to love your neighbor that he wants you to make your things things that are used for the kingdom Right, that he wants you to use your resources to bring the kingdom of heaven north earth. That he yeah. wants you to love justice and mercy and walk humbly. Those are things that we just we know inevitably, so we're going, Well, if God would just be really clear and I'm like fifteen weeks now. Yeah. He's right. been really, really clear. And so if you don't know what the next step is, let me just tell you that what he wants for you is to lean all the way in, and the way that you lean all the way in is you make an irreversible movement, yeah. right? So like, there comes a point when you go to sit on a chair where if that chair doesn't hold you, you're falling on your butt, yeah. right? There's just that there comes that point, and so there's a point of no return. And what Jesus is inviting his people into as he's heading in to what's gonna be a crazy scenario where he's gonna get arrested and brutally beaten and murdered. He's inviting everybody in at this moment to go through the narrow path, yeah. and not later, not when things go bad, but in this moment, and so. In this Transition in our church and for me, for all of us, it's going, God is inviting you yeah. to walk obediently. So what is that irreversible step? What yeah. is what is the point of no return? Is it literally going and knocking on your neighbor's door? Once you knock, what are you gonna do? Run? Yeah. Right? That's a is it literally going and bringing food and knocking, or is it please don't you know, play ding dong ditch and blame it on the church. Okay, yeah. don't do that. So <laughs> yeah. When you ask the cash register, or the person behind the cash register, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. And then they tell you and you go, can I pray for you? Hmm. Just just these points of no return. Like, is it actually signing up for Compassion International yeah. and going, here's my credit card information? Yeah. Reaching out to Tamani and go, how do I start to pay for that kid? You yeah. know, like whatever it is, going and volunteering at the lighthouse and then actually showing up for the first time, walking through those doors. Yeah. Like, there is just this point of no return. So there's hmm. plenty of ways to walk obediently. But what Jesus is saying is there is a real urgency in this because at some point, you won't get to walk down that path anymore. Yeah, And so as someone who loves our church dearly and hates to, to, to give this message, they'll so like to be liked. Yeah, Like the reality right. is there are people that listen to the message on Sunday who will never experience the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, And it'll be because they chose never to walk with the Lord. Yeah. Now, if you have any capability of thinking, maybe I should, maybe I, I could possibly, is now the time that even the fact that you are willing to consider that mm-hmm. is a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So the fact that He has opened your eyes enough for you to even consider leaning in fully mm-hmm. is the time to lean in fully. If that same Holy Spirit has made you consider it, that same Holy Spirit will underwrite with His omniscience, omnipresence. Mm-hmm omnipotence the work that's supposed to be done and so what i want you to hear here is that the call is to obedience but the call here is not to obedience in the future it's in today because right. at some point you'll miss the opportunity what i had written on the board um that i wasn't going to talk about just didn't have time and so um one of kind of my first youth pastor he was a he, he was a coach at camden county high school and he was the shop teacher really incredible dude and he was always just a volunteer youth pastor but he talked about how he loves sports. Like, you know, I love sports. He played basketball together. I mean, he was, he's my dad's age. He just died a couple years ago of a heart attack, but great, great guy, Sonny Stewart. And he tells a story of when he was like in his 20s or early 30s. He'd fallen in love with the Lord, and God kept waking him up in the middle of the night and telling him, I need you to start a basketball game on Sunday mornings or something like that okay. at that local park. Go okay. do it and start sharing the gospel. And he, I mean, he was like, it was clear as day. Like, he didn't yeah. know where it came from, but he knew it wasn't from him. One of the ways you can tell is, oh, that's not my fault, right? Yeah, right? Kind of that thing. And so we'll get to that question later. And that's yeah. part of it. And so, um, he, but he refused. He didn't tell anybody, he didn't okay. do it. Two months later, there becomes this huge movement at this local park where this young kid started putting together. People to play basketball and was share in the gospel. And not only did he not get to participate in it, right, because it wasn't his thing, but he didn't get to experience the fruit of it either. And so he just always had that. going, look, God is going to do what God's going to do. God's will is God's will. You get to decide whether you want to be on the path with Jesus or you want to be in the path without him. And so this is just a real call on the end of the series to go, can't you just... Why don't you just take that step down the path, yeah, together as a church family. So, anyway, what you see here is just this real, real urgency. And beyond the urgency, what I really love about this passage is that like, he calls people evil, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it is yeah. harsh, and yeah.
0: it's and it feels like as we traveled more and more, Jesus's okay. teaching gets more. I don't even know if harsh is the right word because it's, yeah. it's more. You clear. have, and yeah. You yeah. have to make a choice. You have to make a decision. It's very clear, and it's two different worlds.
1: Yeah, yeah and so. This is why I like the idea like, that what you see here is both the inclusivity and the exclusivity yeah, of it, right? right. This is uh, uh, one of the things they talk about in like the reform world is this idea of limited atonement, that atonement just limited to the ones that God chose. And I go, well, it's kind of unlimited, limited atonement. It's for all people, but then he makes it available only so many people choose it. And it's like, yeah. well, is it our, is it us, is it God? And it's like, look, look, I don't know the answers there. What I know, if you have the agency in your life right now to maybe quite possibly lean in fully into God, then that means that's available to you. So it is inclusive. It's inclusive. Like God is calling you to walk in his kingdom today. If you're hearing this and you're considering it, that means God has chosen you, selected you, and pointed you on the path. Now it's inclusive. And yet it's absolutely exclusive to those who Walk through the door. Yeah, And so there is a decision. You want to walk down the path. Not have it all right. not get it all figured out. Not that way someplace in the future, but walk in the Lord today and just do the next step that's available in front of us. And so it is that. And he he doesn't tells us why. He goes, and he says this in back in uh, verse 27, but I'll say to you, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Yeah, Depart from me, all you workers of evil.
0: Hmm.
1: So this is really interesting because... He doesn't know where we come from. Yeah, He created us in His image and His likeness. And then sin has corrupted us completely. Yeah. And so he, now all of a sudden we have the ability in our own life to walk completely away from God's calling and live in our own corruption yeah. that just is that's wreaked havoc on generations right so when he yeah. that word evil i talked about Sunday. i just want you to understand it it would have been offensive to them yeah it would have been offensive because he's telling both his followers and the religious people that are still around that they are unrighteous yeah. he is telling them that none of them are worthy hmm. none of them are worthy he's saying you don't deserve to walk down this path you don't deserve to walk down the path none of us deserve to do it so that word literally is just defined as the opposite of justice unrighteousness as a violation of God's standards, which brings divine mm. disapproval. Mm. So he's saying, as a result of the path you chose, it will bring divine yeah. disapproval. So this is scary. This means there are only two teams. And Jesus yeah. declares which team I mean this is Red Rover. Yeah. Right? So this yeah. is Red Rover. You got the side of evil and you got yeah. the side of good and you got Jesus and you've got this hold hands of all the evil and Jesus goes Jesus sends Holy Spirit right over. Yeah. Comes to grasp you out of evil, but yet you just clinging to it, and he's going, look, you will live in this camp of unrighteousness because of your own arrogance and pride. own arrogance and pride. I like to quote St. Augustine that says pride is pregnant with all other sins. Mm -hmm. Will Wallace is like, hey, I can't quite find it. And we both quote Mark Driscoll for it, but I can't find the original for St. Augustine. So I don't know if it actually comes from St. Augustine. Mark Driscoll said it came from St. Augustine. But regardless, it's a really interesting quote that pride is pregnant with all other sins. So the only thing keeping us from walking away from that is pride. And he's going, you're evil you think you're better. Same sin that kicked Satan out of the garden, same sin that made Adam and Eve eat the fruit, pride. And so you're choosing your path today and you gotta decide if you wanna walk in your pride yeah. Or walk in Jesus' grace. Uh,
0: uh, so a question that I have that, that maybe it's more of, maybe it's not a question, more of a, uh, I'd love for you to speculate on this. And partly because I know that you enjoy psychology. I'm so good at speculation.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, so my, my question is, we talk about delayed obedience, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like that is the norm. Like, we yeah. tend to want to slow things down. We don't think of it as delayed obedience, right? Like, we, yeah. we just go, no, I'm just thinking through it. I'm working through it. Whatever it is, why do we do that so much? And then I think the kind of the other side of that is that. It is such a blessing that Jesus brings this urgency and this clarity right now. Like not to delay and not to wait. And see, this
1: actually goes along with the idea that the kingdom of heaven is available now. Yeah. Like, Because if you've been told that you pray a prayer someday, you'll get beamed up. It's just going to stink until then. Right. Then you wouldn't understand the urgency. No, no, I have another day. I'll do that. I've prayed the prayer. I got the fire insurance. This is so much more than fire insurance. This is you get the kingdom today. So the urgency is he brought the kingdom and you are choosing one more day not to live in it. Yeah. So there is this urgency because it's available to you. So so you got that piece. Now, the reason I love psychology is because the more you study it, the more it just proves the scriptures are true. Right? right? Like, uh, there is no healing without grieving. You can tell, like, literally, when you have trauma, your brain actually uh, separates. Mm -hmm. uh, Corpus callosum, I think. uh, Something like that. Uh, Your brain um, uh, separates. And so trauma happens, and your thinking and your feeling sides separate. Okay. And so they aren't able, in that part of your brain, to connect to one another. Okay. So if you're, let's say you're seven or eight and you have this horrific moment, trauma happens and that bridge between your thinking and your feeling brain, it it stops happening. Every time that same button is pushed in you, Mm. you go back to that. And that's why you'll see people act so irrationally because they don't even have the ability to think rationally more because of that no you'll see other people who you know don't have any emotion don't cry they just think right and that's it and you go why in the world do they not feel anything are they broken yeah we all are so there's this part of our brain and so you see that and then you understand that jesus tells us we have to grieve and then there's been new studies that basically say there is a way to repair that there's a way to rewire your brain and the way about you rewire your brain is actually through grief Mm-hmm. You actually share this, but you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. The reason uh, sociology, psychology, counselors, therapists, they help is because what you're actually doing is you're grieving out loud with someone else and it's actually rewiring your brain. Mm-hmm. So it's possible to do that. And they can actually map your brain to see this. So when it says confess your sins one to another that you might find healing. yeah. That that's what James says to tell us how we get it. That not just to yeah. find forgiveness, you confess that to God. There's actually this healing that's literally happening. So I love psychology for that reason. But one of the things that says in the Old Testament, Jeremiah says it. Is he says, "Your heart is wicked and deceitful above all things." Yeah, right. That is the opposite of modern broken psychology. Right, that, right. The humanist view, you know, you just you need to find your identity and cling to it as hard as you can. And you see that my identity is this. You call me this. This yeah. is who I am. How dare you? And it's such a deep offense because we have gravitated. To those things for our identity, but what Jeremiah says is, here's the problem. You're saying that because you said to follow your heart, and you felt yeah. my mama said this is who I am, and I, I this is who I am, and you have all these. And Jeremiah goes, here's the problem with that. Yeah, your heart's wicked and deceitful the last thing you should do is trust your yeah. heart. And so when you see these things, what you're really seeing is the battle of people that are really going, I, I just trust my gut. I trust yeah, my yeah. heart. And so, yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I'm going to go with my gut. Well, your gut and the Holy Spirit aren't the same thing. Yeah. Right. So you have to discern between your gut and what the scriptures say. And this is why I always go back to. Let's stop pretending we don't know what God wants for us. Because yeah. that's where it always goes. Well, I don't know. If God would just be so clear to me. Okay, how about this? How about... Mm, thousands of years ago he designed this thing called podcasts right and when we built a church here in 2008-9 there was this room that god designed to build that we thought was going to be an audio video room to record stuff but it you couldn't hear the, or no, to, to, to run stuff but you couldn't hear anything and you couldn't see anything so all the soundboard got moved god knew that was going to happen and then it became a technology graveyard where all the stuff just gets piled in it for years this is piled stuff. And then he decided to send someone crazy like me who wants to inventory everything and show up here and remove all that stuff and go, what can we use this space for? Yeah. And then he decided that what he wanted to use the space for was actually a podcast, right? And as he decided to use it for video podcasts and audio podcasts and all yeah. sorts of stuff, he decided in all those moments that he was going to take a specific day in September of 14th of 2021, because he wanted you to hear clearly from him. Yeah. So you're going, if God would ever speak, not only does he speak, he speaks in the weirdest ways, yeah. but in front of the, he knew these things that tell you, you do Know what God wants for you. He wants you to love mercy, walk humbly, seek justice. He wants you to love your neighbor as yourself. He wants you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It means you got to do the work of caring for your heart and your mind, your soul, and your strength. That's what He wants for you. Right now, that's what He wants you. He wants you to let your light shine before men so that you can, people, other people can see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. So, this idea that we don't know what to do, no, there's plenty of light shining that can happen today. Find a dark spot. Walk in it with your light and love people the way that Jesus did for the reasons that Jesus did. And so it just goes back to this thing of going, we don't know, not so sure. Okay, I'll get to that later. And going, Do you not understand that your heart lies to you over and over yeah. again? And that's what the greatest gift is that Jesus comes in through the work of the Holy Spirit and actually gives you a new heart. Yeah. So one, in a little while, I'll get to that question about obedience. Maybe yeah, actually, I, I, I'm just it. going to bring that up now. So this is from rant, one of our lying. listeners.
0: They said... Um, uh, how do we know exactly what God is asking us specifically, like moving to Florida? So yeah. that is something that I'm sure we'll get back to in a yeah. second. But yeah, yeah, Beyond yeah. so beyond moving to Florida, but beyond do justly, oh, yeah. love mercy, walk humbly, which eight, is yeah. Micah six eight. So so that we can be obedient. Yeah. So what is God calling us? I think my guess is that, and I think you're listening. So if this isn't a yeah. uh, exactly what you mean, yeah, feel free Time to in. chime in. And right. I
1: actually think that his other question about Second Peter fits in this. Let's go and ask that you one want me too. To ask that yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I'll explain so, to you how all this works out together. So then
0: um, a couple of weeks ago, Josh taught from Second Peter 1 verse 10 says, Brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. How do we confirm our calling and election that we indeed have a saving faith in Jesus as the way, truth, and
1: life? Yeah. So uh, if you are asking that question, what I'd say is it's probably worth time, if you're brand new to this, to go listen to two weeks ago, week 13 and mm-hmm. better. We don't have to listen to uh, week 14 or whatever, Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I spoke about yeah, 14. Yeah. So week thirteen, I literally put together a list out of Second yeah. Peter. And so the question is, well, how do we confirm it? Well, you just walk obediently. Yeah. You see, the, th- the idea of election is that God chose us. The problem is, you and I don't know that He chose us. We think He might have, but we are so confused by our own hearts. We yeah. tell ourselves all sorts of stuff that you're not loved, that you're not cared for, that God would never love you, right? So we have this battle inside of us, like, and sometimes our heart tells us, and lies to us a lot about our value, yeah. right? But sometimes it lies to you about the things that will satisfy you like buy that car you bought the car that you should have never bought that one time because you just wanted it and then you're able to justify all the reasons you want it. that's just what your heart does and so what happens is jesus actually comes and he gives us a very clear path and underwrites it through the work of the holy spirit so what it says in second peter is confirm your election and calling meaning you have been elected and chosen and called you 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 have right but you don't know that so how do you get confidence that you actually can know that. Well, it's really pretty simple. you actually do it in faith. You take that next irreversible step. So the reason I'm challenging you to walk down that path today, not only because it's the best thing for you, today because you get to access the kingdom. It actually is God's only plan to grow you and develop you. You have to go through Jesus in Christ through that door. And then he starts to build and grow you. So that first step is in faith. What it says in Second Peter is it says, then you have to choose knowledge, right? Then you know more about who Jesus is. And then as you know more about who Jesus, is, you actually gain some self-control. You actually can do the right thing. Even when your heart tells you not to, you can still choose the right thing. You can trust God with your finances. You can stay faithful to your spouse. You have those abilities because you've walked down that path first with faith then with virtue you do the right thing then with knowledge and self-control and patience godliness brotherly affection and love so there is this pattern that happens there yeah. and so uh so as you do that those things become more clear i had a meeting with someone i've shared it here a, about a month and a half ago and i just thought man what a bomb i am because i just i just mentioned it today i just talk so confidently about God speaking to me as a 17-year-old and saying, I want your future. I talked so confidently about God speaking to me as a 27-year-old and saying, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight paths. But in those moments, none of that was yeah. confidence. Right, right. It was fear and trembling. I haven't told you, as a 17-year-old, I went in a different direction for three years. Yeah. And actually, in the middle of pain and sorrow, I finally turned back and go, okay, God, you can have me, yeah. right? And even so... So, this whole idea that I go, man, I just know that this was God doing. God spoke to me. And you hear people talk about that so often. The reality is, the first time they spoke to, He spoke to them, they don't really know. Yeah. They don't know. And many of you would agree. I, you're not really sure. You think it is, and all those kind of things. And so, the reason I know this in obedience is because for now 13 years, 14 years specifically, yeah. but 20 years as a pastor, 30, two Years as a, 33 years as a Christian, I've been practicing this. Yeah, really. So, what happens as I continue to walk in obedience with God, I my heart becomes more like his heart, my knowledge is his knowledge, my love is his love, right? And yeah. so, but the only way that happens is by taking the first step. Yeah. Now, when you've been walking for a while, uh, what I tell you, there's two things that help you understand if you're growing with the Lord. The first one is the closer you get to him, the more disgusting you realize you are. Yeah. So this gets confusing because you go, I'm a Christian, but I've been a Christian now 15 years, and I feel dirtier now than I did 15 years ago. No, you're just more aware of your stark dirtiness to Jesus' blemish-free, clean and purifiedness. That's the word, right? So you got that piece. So as you walk with him, you realize more and more how broken you are. So not, that but, you, but
0: you also also see how much greater his grace is yeah right? yeah yeah. Like, so it's it's not just oh I yeah. suck all that yeah. much more but he's so much greater like it's it's both yeah That's so like, yeah.
1: uh create in me a clean heart of God yeah. renew a steadfast spirit in me restore into me the joy of your salvation then I'll teach you yeah. in ghost yeah. yeah. your wise, right Psalm 51 and so what happens is that you no longer go oh I hate myself I'm so terrible woe is me you go I am so dirty yeah. and God is so perfect and he's invited me down that path. There yeah. comes this joy of this self-awareness, yeah. not yeah. more pain. So yeah. we don't want to do the hard work of that because we think it'll create pain. And I'm not telling you to go do all the introspection. I'm just saying the more you're aware of God's perfection, you're more aware of your brokenness, but you're also more aware of his grace and yeah. mercy, right? right? So that's one piece. Now the second piece that I think is really, really important as you grow, and you'll start to see this happen, is there is this call to virtue, right? Mm-hmm. There is a right thing to do. You should not cheat on your spouse. Yeah. You should not cheat on your taxes. Right. You should not look at those things on the computer. Right. You should not kill your liver. Right? Yeah. You should not lie. Those are just things you shouldn't do. And you go, but they—they they, they seem so fun. Yeah. And that's the problem. He'll tell you sin isn't fun. No, it is. Yeah. That's the reason it's so enticing. It won't always be, but it yeah. is at first. Right. And so, but there is a right thing to do. And so, when you first start walk with Christ, you go, okay, now I know there's a the right thing to do, but I don't feel like doing it. Yeah. And what happens, you, you have to go, well, I don't care about what I feel. It's my heart. It's deceitful. Right. I want to do the right thing. So what happens in this process of sanctification, one, you're more aware of your brokenness, more aware of God's grace. The second one is, uh, the things that I do the things that are right, but as I do them for a period of time, they now also feel right. Yeah, right. They didn't at first. But they feel right like that's why i always say yeah. i have no problem having money taken out of my uh check every month because i it feels good to trust god with the money right like i could not imagine having like being interested in any other female other than my wife yeah. like i really can't because it feels so good to love her and be attracted yeah. to her and that is something the lord has done i love being a good father yeah. i love sitting down and having difficult conversations they used to be really hard but i love it because that feels right and yeah. is right, and so that—that's the pattern. And so I just would say to you, as you start to walk with the Lord, He actually changes your heart, and that's where we see in the Scripture He says He'll give you the desires of your heart. Yeah,
0: because you get a new heart. To, to go back to, yeah. isn't isn't that even kind of the transforming of your mind, kind of that re, re-patterning, yeah. like that connecting of the two sides of the brain? Yeah,
1: right? like, yeah. Do not be. Uh, and do not conform to the patterns of this world. Yeah. Oh, you got trauma, yeah. act like a seven-year-old, Yeah, right. but be transformed by what? The, by the renovation. Yeah. That literally is the word renovation of your mind. And right. then you'll be able to test right. what right. God's good, pleasing, and perfect will are. So yeah. it's so amazing to see all that play out in the scriptures. It's a really long answer to a short yeah. question, <laughs> but so when you see those things, the reason for Second Peter is because as you follow that pattern, yeah. it actually confirms yeah. God's calling on yeah. your life. Right. It's not for him. He already knows the scriptures there are given to you so you actually can start to assess that. It literally is a rubric that Jesus says, this, is, this isn't this is descriptive here. Yeah. This is one of, not not much in there, but this is one of the prescriptive moments. This is prescribed for how we grow and walk yeah. in the Lord. And as I've done that, he's given me a new heart. Yeah. And as he's given me a new heart, he starts to give me the things this heart desires. Yeah, a, right. a great marriage, right. a great family, the opportunity to live fully in my gifting. And so as I become more aware of who God is and therefore who I am and walk with us, it became really clear to me that I know exactly who God's called me to be. Yeah. And it's not to be, you know, a performance review CEO. Yeah. It's not. I mean, I, it's just not. It's a, He called me to be on the front lines, mm. charging into hell with a water gun. That's just how I am built. And so mm. then all of a sudden you just get such clarity because he's confirmed that calling in me through this, yeah. that I just that's not here, yeah. right? I mean, God has yeah. called someone else or a team here for what he has prepared for here. It's just yeah. not my calling. And right. so you got that. That's what God's done. So he has identified a calling and he's been clear to me through his word that this is the place to go. Now, the bonuses of being close to family and in Florida, which is the state yeah. I love, and working for its here for a while, <laughs> that's just God's grace to me. And so, that's where. Yeah. I, I, that's why I'm confident this was the Lord's done. As a result of the the hard work that's been done over 20 years, but the really hard work over the last 18 months was staring in the mirror, seeing where I'm flawed, and asking the yeah. Holy Spirit to change me.
0: And do you even I don't know if there's anything more that you want to share on that, but you even shared kind of, I'll say your disobedience in the first. What was it? May I think you said yeah. so from May to until what yeah so three it, weeks ago, yeah so you know
1: it's so interesting and, and there's a i don't i can't even tell you the period of time anymore cuz that means yeah. is moving fast sure. but um Julie and I just weren't confident. Yeah. And so when we go about things a different way, I'm usually like, God, you better shut that door because I'm gonna run through <laughs> it. You gotta shut it fast. Right. Yeah. And right. Julie's like, hey, if you'll open the door wide open, then we'll walk through it. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so what I say is, "While well, we have a really good marriage is I can talk myself into anything. Right, right. And most people, by the way. Yeah. And she can talk herself and many people out of anything, right? And so there's just like which in the flesh so she compliments. Well, each in the other. flesh it's it's horrific. Yeah, sure. But in the spirit it's beautiful. And yeah. so We just didn't hear this big word from God going, this is the place, this is the house. Well, kind of interesting because God did show us the house. We actually walked through it and then left. And then it went under contract, and we're going. I guess that okay, we weren't worried about okay. it because we stopped looking there. And then when we decided that this was what guys wanted, that contract fell through, and wow. it just opened right back up. Wow! And so That's even guy doing some really neat stuff there, which is a big right. house. You can come visit us. We're forty five minutes from Disney, Bush Gardens, and Universal Studios. Hour and, hour and fifteen minutes from both the Atlantic Coast and the Gulf Coast. Literally, okay. we'd love for you to do it. So come hang out with us in that. But uh, but anyway, so all that kind of being said, we. We wanted to, I wanted to be close to family, right? But it's like, okay, God, I don't... The, The hard part was, in light of here yeah it was like this is the most beautiful season ever we love our house yeah. man i love our staff right. they're so healthy and we have worked through hard things together and come out like we are in not in a pruning season yeah. but in a fruitful season yeah. and frankly i just wanted to eat the fruit right I just want to eat the fruit because just been so good julian i just want to eat the fruit but the reality yeah. is the producing of the tree isn't for the tree it's for others in that and so uh, we just weren't real clear now then, uh, so we say no, just straight yeah, up no. Right. Really, really awkward, Feel really uncomfortable. Like, But we weren't so confident that, like, they didn't pay for us to go down there, right? We just drove down. It's like, I don't want to spend anybody's money trying to figure it out. And, yeah. it. and so we just said no. And then, I don't know, from that point, for a few days, I'm like, okay, we made a decision. I reach out and refinance my house, doing yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then a couple weeks in, God was just waking me up all the time again, just waking yeah. me up. And just the sense of my spirit was, this: yes, it was... Josh, this isn't what I called you to do, mm. but got it. We wanted to be on the beach, really. That's, that's what I understand. <laughs> so, what but, did you really pray that? Like, literally, um, yeah, yeah. So, literally, uh, we wanted to be okay. within a couple hours of my parents, but within six hours of Julie's or seven. Okay, um, we're about seven and a half. Okay, and we love the ocean. And literally, this little place is an hour and 15 minutes from either side. Like it's, Okay, it's probably about as far as you can get in Florida from an ocean. Okay, and so, um, so just <laughs> was really kind of wrestling through that and then like as I'm praying and talking to God, I like this is the exchanging wishes piece. So yeah. when you go, how do you know it's obedience? Well the word is very clear to me. And then God's people around mm-hmm. me. And then the third one is uh prayer, like this yeah. exchanging of wishes. So I'm talking to God I'm going, I don't know, I you keep waking me up. Do you want me to talk about Barto? Do you want what, what is it we're talking about? And I kept explaining God, I don't think this is it because I thought for sure it'd be yeah. these things. And so literally the, the gut punch was, literally, you're gonna be disobedient because of sixty miles. 60 miles, and if it can move 60 miles in three different directions. Yeah. And, right. and so I was like, wait, yeah, Lord, that seems really inappropriate that I would define where I'm willing to do ministry based on that. And everything else is kind of what we go, God, this is what we think we're called to. Hmm. And so that was going, okay, how about this? Yeah. How about, God, and we think you're doing it, but we, we're we going to walk in faith in this, and we just need you to say no. Yeah. So we're going to move forward so I call back out, and they go, oh, we, we're interviewing a couple other candidates. Okay, Julie, they're interviewing other candidates. Yeah, they yeah. hire them, it's not us, right, right? right? And then they're going, hey, we're bringing a candidate down. Okay, you're interviewing but then that would be a really clear no. And then they yeah. reach back out and go, no, we, we think it's you. And they've thought that all along. A couple of <laughs> people on the search team have actually we're confident this would be how that would play out, right? Wow, okay. Yeah, and so they were in complete unity thinking it was me wow. from the very beginning. I'm like, God, wow. oh, that's weird. Cause, so then we go, okay, would you just say no to us? Yeah. Because faith is an action step. So yeah, we're not right. going to just wait around for you to work out the details. We're going to walk forward and we're going right. to ask that you, uh, you, you, you st- thwart any plans. And yeah. so then from there it became, oh, okay, it's not them. So then it became, okay, will you come back down? Okay, should we go back down? Should we take the kids? I guess we've got to take everyone. And let's just be really honest with the kids. If the kids are really, like, like panicky about it. One yeah. they understand that we're all called, that would be a good reason. And they're all three, you know, they got some apprehension, but they're going, oh, I think this is what it is, right? Yeah. And even Amelia's going, Dad, I think I think the church is supposed to decide, right? So we're going, <laughs> okay. So then it was even, I guess I'll preach. God, please, please. Uh Say no if that's what you want. I had a child at that point who just was overwhelmed by all this, literally praying that God would be very clear and that the answer would be no. Yeah. Right. And so he understood that to be the case. And so then preaching, getting the vote, and coming back 87 to one. I'm gonna find that person. That's a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. They're probably watching. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's a joke. Too. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I do, seriously, I don't know yet, actually I don't, anyway. anyway, 87 to 1, and so what we just did is we thought we heard from God, yeah. and we moved down the path, and we just confidently trusted that God is bigger than our plan, so if yeah. He doesn't like them, we'll stop Him. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's hard to move apart, or uh, to turn a parked car. Yeah. So what yeah. ends up happening right. for most of us is we just sit around and think, wait for God's burning bush. Yeah, right. But the reality is, it, faith is an action. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to go, God, I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to walk in that direction. That's what Abram yeah. did. Go to the land. I'll show you. Well, which direction? Just start walking. Yeah. And so we started walking and asked God to be very clear about the direction. And as that played out, yeah. that's what happened. So if you're going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to be obedient. I promise you, your next step is movement. Yeah. Not, not waiting for God to work out all the details because there is no faith yeah. in that. Yeah. You start to move. And as you move, you start to see God move and see where he's always been working. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, I in fact as you were Speaking I know it, it took a lot of time, it, but... It's... It reminded me of a uh, kind of a message that I'd heard. It was specifically for young adults. Like, And this was a season of my life where, yeah. where I was single, and I'm going, okay, God, would you bring somebody if no. that would be your will, right? And I, I think it was Louis Giglio that had this visual, and I'm a visual guy. And on stage, he had a recliner, and then he had a rake on the other side. And he said, a lot of times we pray, God, would you have your way? And then he sat in the recliner, yeah. puts his feet back, and he just kind of goes, yeah. yeah, God, as soon as you want to bring that person, I'm ready. And he goes, so, rather than what we need to do is to... Is to um, till the soil of yeah. our heart. Like grab a rake and start working on those areas of finances and those areas of, of uh, you know, wh- mm. I forget all the different things he listed, but just yeah. work on the areas where God yeah. would want you to work on. And so it just reminds yeah. me of that, of going, if you want to make sure your calling an election yeah. is sure, if you want to be obedient to yeah, God, it's then good. start stepping in the direction that you think he's calling you to because as you make one step you'll take the next step and the next step and then pretty soon it is like what you said where you look back and you go 13 years ago i definitely heard from god because look at how faithful he's been Like you thought
1: yeah so yeah and one one thing i would say that's really helpful and this is worth the price right here i think and so maybe we can even do advertisements now because this is really good stuff right (laughs) so brought to you by Christian Hessling, He'd like to you he'd like more Facebook friends. So but anyway, uh yeah. so but what I was thinking in that is one of the things that was really helpful for me in this season was having Julie. Yeah. Because we view it so differently. And so yeah, I'm sure. naturally bent for movement. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so some of you are naturally bent for that. So yeah. that what we're talking about here is a lot easier. Others of you are not meant you are you're an engineer. Right? Yeah. You want to put it all in order, not take a shot at engineers. Engineers are great yeah. people. But you have it all in order, and yeah. you've had it all listed out before you start building the product. Yeah. Right? And so I just would say, this is why community is really important. Yeah. So if you're trying to figure out how to be obedient, you can't do that in a vacuum. Yeah, like You, you need people around you. And so I'd say if your natural bent is towards you know, the recliner or, or being still, then... Yeah find someone whose natural bent is towards movement. A lot of you have that in your spouse, yeah. right? But for some reason, that gets so frustrating that you don't even talk to your spouse about spiritual things, but a lot of you have that. Or if your natural bent is towards, yeah, so if your natural bent is towards a lot of movement, find yeah. somebody whose natural bent is more reserved and resistant so that you can work together in accountability for that. Yeah. That's the, how church works best. So anyway, that, yeah. that, those are the things that help me out a lot. To
0: echo, I feel like my wife and I are kind of opposites as well. So like it just... It's really good to work through things together that it's like I don't always see things the way that she does. And sometimes it's a wake-up call to go, oh, I should probably pay attention to that. So So
1: maybe that's what you need to hear right now in obedience is stop being so frustrated that God gave you a spouse who's (laughs) other than you and actually Mm. pause and go, oh, thanks, God. This is is how you made me to be able to do movement. Or this is how you made me to make sure I don't take our family on a crazy journey.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I've really enjoyed the conversation. So we've got about 20 minutes and it will be 20 minutes on the dot because this recording will cut off at (laughs) a certain time. Um, Yeah. So as we look through this, I don't even know. I'm way off. Yeah. So let's get
1: back to uh, this is where and uh, he says last and first I think There's some neat things about thinking about that and I find great comfort in it. So I would just challenge you where he says and people will come from East and West all inclusive. And from north and south all inclusive and recline at a table in the kingdom of god and so what i even like about that is there is a time to recline yeah but it's in the kingdom right it's not waiting for yeah. the kingdom it's actually in the kingdom yeah. there's a time of rest and renewal but it's in christ Yeah. so you you work to find christ and you lean in fully and then you do get to recline in his goodness and his mercy but then it says and behold some of you who are last will be first and some of our first who will be last and I'll just tell you I think we're the first and they might very well be that we'll be the last because we we have these lies of comfort and security and we actually mm. believe our lies because we have a lot of stuff in the pantry a lot of stuff in the mm. closet right and so we have a lot of stuff in our fridge most people don't yeah. so we can believe the lie and so what I would challenge you with if that frustrates you there's something in your heart that you got to work on mm. like if you're going I want to be first well that's not how the kingdom of God works. Yeah, yeah. Where your heart should be is that you should be rejoicing that the Christian martyrs in Kabul yeah. will be first. Yeah. Right? That folks living in third world countries who are literally being murdered and tormented yeah. because of their faith in God. That they would get to sit first in the kingdom of God. And so what he's saying here is that, uh, that it really is this... Inverse the kingdom of heaven it's just an absolute inverse in the kingdom of earth. Yeah, right? Yeah. So first one of the other things to think about there is even power. In the kingdom of earth, your your job is to acquire more power. Yeah, the yeah. whole goal of you know, your value is acquire more power, acquire more power that you eventually use for your pleasure at the expense of other people's things. Right? Yeah, yeah. But in the kingdom of heaven, you see what Jesus does. That's what you think about that lady who grabbed this garment. What does it say? Yeah. And power went out of him. That the whole kingdom of heaven is about power going out. Yeah. So power going out of us. So if we are the first, the best thing thing can think is what leverage, privilege is an awkward word these days, but what power do we actually have and how does it go out? So okay. it's really interesting to think about what Jesus is showing here is the inverse operation of how the kingdom of earth works versus the kingdom of heaven.
0: Yeah, and I, even as you were talking about the first part of that, I yes. just feel like there's... Man, we have such comfort and security and safety. And and we don't want to give it up. I don't want to give it up. I don't want to
1: pray that God would wreck our nation and lives. I I
0: recognize in me that I, on some level, I like to be uncomfortable, but I don't like to be too uncomfortable, right? Like, so I've got to have this balance where I want to be able to be comfortable comforted yeah. in certain things but I just think
1: the, you want the preach I want the pretense of discomfort yes you know what I'm saying like yeah. I, I I don't want to I don't want to go all in with all the chips yeah right. but I want to go in with all the chips on the table <laughs> knowing that I got some somewhere else yeah, yeah.
0: right so I just feel like yeah. as I look at that I've heard stories throughout time and a couple of even illustrations that kind of come to mind of people that were in a very tough, difficult, intense situation and then they come back or they get out of it like uh, Christians that were imprisoned because Mm -hmm. of their faith. And then they kind of leave and they they long for the days where they were in prison because their faith was so much stronger. And I, I look at that and I go, man. That's, I don't want to live my life here in America where we do experience a ton of comfort and, and stability yeah. and we don't have to think about being martyred by going to church yeah. on a Sunday morning or whatever. Like I don't want to mm. be so comfortable that yeah. I am rocked to sleep, yeah. that I just That's kind of point. slowly fall asleep and I'm just in this trance or lullaby. Yeah. I'm kind of referring to a, a, a Desiring God article as well yeah. about an Islamic Um, missionary, like they were in the area, kind of in the Middle East, and then they came to America, they felt really comfortable, Hmm. and felt like that was more of a threat than being in the Middle East, and talking about Jesus, like, and so they moved back, so it's it's crazy anyway so yes yeah, so and too.
1: so but the thing i want to make sure we don't do is feel shame yeah <laughs> like right. yeah like god has been right. gracious to us so we right. got to go oh man what was us we we're, we feel bad about all this stuff no right. but we got to figure out how to manage it and steward it well right. which is why you got to walk down the narrow path with yeah. your things and distribute them because it's a narrow path meaning it all ain't gonna make it with you so how do you distribute the things to invite other people into the kingdom
0: yeah Uh, So let me jump into maybe uh, 31 through 35. So it's it's the lament over Jerusalem. Verse 31 says, At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, or O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, that city that kills the prophets and stones those who sent it. How often I have, uh, how often would I have gathered your children together as hens gather her brood under her wings, uh, and you were not willing. Behold, your house is forsaken, and I tell you, you will not see me until you say, "Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord."
1: Yeah, so lots to talk about. Yeah, uh, 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 ten minutes, but um, <laughs> I think I really do like is that at that very hour. Yeah. So that just means in a present situation, right? So, so this is a real people in real time, and most people like really wonder why they call him a fox, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think you can get distracted by those things. I, I mentioned that as a pejorative, like, you know, this is not a nice term, but I don't think this is just about cunningness and all that kind of stuff. I think what you see here actually is the literal concern that these people have with following mm. Jesus. He's inviting them down the narrow path, which is through him, and you actually see the biggest hesitation. And if I could have spent a lot of time on Sunday, I would have camped out here because mm. he says, get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. They're not worried about Jesus. Yeah. They're worried about people seeing them with Jesus. You see, you understand what we're talking about here. That actually is the battle. Yeah. Right, like you love Jesus, but you are kind of worried mm-hmm. about the labeling that comes with really following Jesus.
0: And that was going to be even my question. Here's a Pharisee that they generally, have, I mean, Jesus is speaking out against them. Yeah. Right. So there's a little bit of anger, but I feel like that answers the question: Why okay. do they, Why are they why, concerned? Because yeah. they're concerned for them. Yeah. So he's saying, yeah.
1: "Get out of here!" Here, the teacher, arc. you know, he's over Galilee. He has all the authority and power in that. And yeah. if they get seen together, so Jesus has asked them to f- walk down the narrow path through him. Yeah. Right? And now we see the big resistance. And so that's just the thing that we got to pause and go, what's our resistance? Mm-hmm. And it has something to do with the security or comfort that we're giving up. Mm-hmm. And so it's in all things. Like this is why I like DNA of Relationships by Gary Smalling because it puts everything in this fear dance in, in couples where you have these fears when those buttons are pushed. You have these mm-hmm. reactions that somehow press the other person's fear. So so much of our driving force on our behavior, everything we're doing is based on fear. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you got to figure out. Okay, I want to walk fully in the kingdom. What's my biggest fear in that? And there's the safety and security, which I think is ours too, right? Like yeah. I even wrestled through this with our kids. I wanna, I wanna go countercultural in the way that we raise our kids. But it's like, but imagine I worry about what that looks like for their friends. Are they gonna yeah. be made fun of? Are they gonna be the weird kids? And it's like, who cares? Yeah. Right now, I don't say that. I mean, I care about them and that, but we are not responsible for the pain, our obedience to God causes yeah. other people. And so in this moment, you see these guys who probably are wondering if they should follow him. Yeah. But then come the conclusion that they can't because it would actually make their life a little harder. And what Jesus says is, no, 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 your life will get a little harder. And he even gives us the picture of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And mm-hmm. so what you're worried about is at this hour, what's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is going, I'm going to cover everything. And then he goes into even explaining how he's going to cover it. Like a baby chick cannot protect itself. Right. So he invites us to come rest in him. So this, when I talk about movement and moving in the kingdom, some of us go, I just don't have that much energy or time. I'm exhausted. But in the kingdom of heaven, there is rest. But it just starts by having the courage to walk to the door, you know, Whatever that is, say the thing and then rest in knowing that he's going to give you the words to say and yeah. give you the resources to share. Yeah. So really, really neat to see yeah. that. It's really easy to miss that, I think, in right. the whole passage of going, why in the world are they saying that? Well, yeah. they're afraid.
0: Anyway. And I feel like there's, I do have a question like, so Herod is referenced as a fox and then Jesus kind of portrays himself as a hen. Any significance to that? Because it's interesting because a hen, as far as I know, has no defense mechanism. Yeah. Right? Like a I hen I, like I get the picture of gathering, but even yeah. maybe to the point of Jesus ultimately giving his life. Like yeah. he could because Jesus could have gone, Well, I'm I'm a wolf, I'm the yeah. alpha predator, yeah. or I'm a lion, or whatever he wanted to, That's but a really he, good point. he says he's the fox and he's the hen
1: i don't know just yeah that's really good thought to think about because you got this natural predator yeah kingdom of heaven fox destroys the hen yeah right? and so but you think about it so he's going you're afraid of the oh i get it yeah. you're the afraid of the fox yeah well come here i'll protect you and they're going <laughs> but yeah but you know what happens yeah that the fox comes and kills the hen yeah Right. the baby birds flee or the yeah. baby chickens and so what you see here is really this idea that he's going to provide protection even at the cost of his life yeah so it's actually really i didn't see that before it's like oh that's really neat that yep he's actually telling us exactly how he's going to protect us yeah because you know you always say it it's so funny uh, bears are really scary in montana and there's like this natural fear and but but kind of the running joke which isn't even that funny of you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the slowest person with you.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Right? If you're faster than the slowest person with you, the bear's going after that. But if the yeah. bear goes after that, guess what that means for you? Yeah. You're, you're safe. Yeah. And so even yeah. in this sense, it's going, yeah, you're worried about the fox. Let me take care of the fox. Yeah. or let me be sacrificed on behalf of... So I'm yeah. inviting you into projection. And then he just says, you are not willing, which is the message yeah, of this right. whole thing. Are you willing to walk into the kingdom? Mm-hmm. If you are... You have to do it today. Yeah. Are you willing? Well, I think I am. Well, you'll know if you are because today you're going to walk across the street. Mm. You're going to send that email. You're going to forgive that person. You're going to repent. Yeah. You're going to you're going to uh, share with your kids. You're going to be bold. Whatever that is, yeah. there is an action step that you can do today if you're willing. You want to know if you're willing? There would be some kind of movement on your behalf mm. into the narrow path today. So, what's countercultural? What can you walk on today? You can yeah. to know if you're willing.
0: That's good. That's good. Let's see. Yeah, I think we've got We're good, like four minutes left. Yeah. Um, anything else that you wanted to kind of talk about or anything that we didn't get to? I feel like I didn't even once look at my notes. We just bounced yeah. around, but I, I thought the conversation was good. Really do hope for all of you listening that it's challenging yeah. and encouraging.
1: Yeah, there's a couple things that I, I think I'd uh, point out. Verse 33, nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He is literally, this is urgent. He's yeah. in the kingdom of heaven right then. So there is this There's this movement into it is and so it will be. So you go, he is inviting you into it now. No, he's saying it's paid for, you're in, come on in today and tomorrow. But then he goes on and uh, it says in the day falling, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from jerusalem so he's explaining that and they're going what is he talking about but right before that he says behold i cast out demons to perform cures today and tomorrow so you see this mm-hmm. urgency right there and yeah. then he goes in the third day verse 32 i finish my course this is without a doubt and a pointing to his resurrection mm-hmm. his death burial and resurrection that is what it's pointing mm-hmm. to which if uh nt writes surprised by hope is so helpful in this you should read it sometime it's heavy and wordy, but it really goes into the the significance of the resurrection. Hmm. So if none of this makes sense to you, it's because you're viewing it through the kingdom of earth, not the kingdom Hmm. of heaven. And the way that you should view heaven is through the lens of resurrection, right? Through the lens of resurrection. That if Christ can resurrect his body, that he can literally defeat death which is at the highest level all the fears you go i'm not afraid of death well you're afraid of something that will cause somebody else's death right like so so at the highest level he goes in and tackles everybody's fear he destroys that thing into it just get it just shows us that we're thinking about the kingdom of heaven all wrong if we are not adding that resurrection into the equation the same power in that resurrection the spirit jesus gives us God breathes it, Holy Spirit breathes it into us into first century church. So the the really most valuable part of this is that he's saying, look, I will finish it. Mm -hmm. So you have to view this through the resurrection. So you go, what do I view through the resurrection? And what he says at the very end, he says, behold, your house is forsaken. And I tell you, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is so important and so easy to uh, to miss because you're going to have some interesting things. There is both the literal. He's going and he's going to come back and they're going to go, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the Palm Sunday. Yeah, right. So you got this literal thing of going, you won't see me until... Till that, this is an ignition switch now to get the whole kingdom starting to show up. But there's going to be a bigger one. And I'm going to press that button and all hell is going to break loose. Mm. And then I'm going to press another button and it's going to literally get murdered. Then I'm going to press the final button on that third day, right? So he's telling this. So there's a literal piece to this that he's going, you're going to come and you're going to say that and you're going to see me. You're going to see me in all my glory. In the, in the worship of it. But the, the bigger piece of this is he gives us an indication of how we see him. So, if you're going, I don't see him. I don't really see him in this. I don't know how to follow him. I don't know where the the narrow path is, right? Again, it's in his word, but he then says, and I tell you, you will not see me. You won't see him until you make the de- declaration that blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You will not see him. So, there's this battle and you're trying to explain it to other people and convince other people and they just cannot see it. And they keep making fun of this fairy tale God. The reason they can't see it is because they have not called him Lord. Mm. So the initial switch for you is actually to de- make that declaration. So if you're going, I don't understand all this. I'm not even sure I'm a believer. Well, the first thing you have to do, is, Jesus says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord yeah. is saved. So your first step in opening your eyes to see in the kingdom of heaven is actually to go, Jesus, your Lord. Mm. Now, here's what you're saying if you're saying, Jesus, your Lord. You're saying yes. Yeah. You just don't know what the question is. Yeah. You're saying right now today, Jesus, my answer is unequivocally yes to you. Yeah. You point me in a direction, I'm, just, I'm gonna say yes ahead of time. Point me in whatever. Yes, yes, yes. And so that's what it means to call someone Lord is that you have said yes to them, and you haven't. You don't have to consider the consequences or the ramifications to your yes. Lord means you say yes. Hmm. So the narrow path is filled with yeses to Jesus, and that's it. And then you just keep walking. You don't have to. You don't have to protect yourself. Jesus said he'll protect us. You don't have to underwrite it with your power and your resources. Jesus is going to do that. Yeah. And so the whole idea, Jesus goes, you haven't seen me. Many of you haven't seen him. You don't know what it's like in the kingdom. It's because you've never actually said yes to me as Lord. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord is saved. Whoever confesses their sins with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus is God and that he was raised from the dead, they will have eternal life. And so you're beginning in the kingdom of heaven, maybe, maybe, For the first time ever, as you get to the end of this, and you've never actually just said yes to Jesus. And so that would be my challenge to you, to say yes wholeheartedly and go. Even as you read God's Word, you hold it in the morning or in the evening, or you go look at the verse of the day, you go, God, before I read this, I just want to say yes. Whatever it tells me to do, I'll do. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's where the kingdom of heaven is. And I think it's a pretty glorious place to be. Mm -hmm. The reason I know I'm going to Bartow is I said yes before I knew what the question he was asking. And I want that for all of us. That's it. We're wrapped up. And that's about the end.
0: So just want to say thank you guys for being a part of this. Again, hope you're challenged and encouraged by this. Um, As always, if you have any questions, you can email us over time at clcfamily.church. You can text us 610-869-2140. Um, or if you want to join us live, you're welcome to kind of yep, jump yep. on and ask any questions. Um, yeah, week say, one
1: of Parables starts this week, Yeah. and it'll week. be the last time I'll teach.
0: Yeah, this will be Josh's last teaching. Mm-hmm. After that, I think I'm actually yeah. up on the 26th. Nice. Um, but yeah, so come on out, be a part of it. Josh will still be here on the 26th. Um, probably that week will be his yeah. kind of last week. I'll there, be in so. a bubble suit,
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I can have my personal space. Kay. Okay, Let well,
0: thanks for coming, everyone. Have a great week.